Let's see where we head from there. Good morning, everybody. This is Phil Stevens here on Iron Radio. I am a powerlifter, Highland Games athlete, and I run Strength Guild and coach people. So, Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> this is Coach Durrell in Strength Guild and KC. Um, I coach people in a wide variety of strength and conditioning goals and targets. Most notably right now is weightlifting with with nationals coming up next starts like the 25th 25th and i'll be there all week in vegas for two two athletes at two different ends of the week oh that's fun <laughs> i know they're bringing events back to vegas vegas used to be the hot spot and then they started moving things to other places now they're back to vegas so i think vegas happens because it's like it's a, it used to like normally is a cheaper place for everyone to get to. Yeah. They're, they're kind of equipped to handle everything. Yep. The only thing that surprised me this year is like normally the flights to Vegas are cheap. Man, the flights to Vegas were not cheap this year. Like, See, and that's why I thought they did it normally. Is it was usually there was cheap flights for everybody from about anywhere to yeah, go to Vegas. Like 75 bucks, boom, you're in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, we're going to announce, I think we talked about it briefly on the show not long ago. The, the, uh, if not, we were just talking about it beforehand. But the Swiss Symposium that is normally in Canada every year and was canceled the last two years, uh, is now coming. They've, uh, it's coming to Columbus, Ohio. Uh, they, Kind of hooked up with Dave Tate down there and figured out a new home for it so it won't have to be canceled again. And, uh, it is going to be the 28th and 29th of October in Columbus at the, where's it at? It's at a hotel. Um, geez, I thought it said on here. Register today, bring hotel. The it is at the, yes, the Symposium Hotel, Hilton Columbus at Easton. So I do believe that's right downtown. But uh so far they don't have, it's on early bird special. So from June 12th through August 12th, you get super early registration, is what it's called, for 45% off, $399. Then it jumps up to four ninety nine for eight weeks, and then the last it's basically adds a hundred bucks every eight weeks. Exactly, and then five ninety nine, and then if you wait till at the door, it's six ninety nine. So it's built building volume. <laughs> for, <laughs> yeah, um, building volume meets training cycle. I know Dave did a uh, like a podcast about it, but there's also a list. Of so far, they have a verbally confirmed presenters as of now. Uh, I can't read the first one, and that might just say confirmed. Uh, I can't tell because the writing's cut off. But Chris Stuffin, Dave Tate, Kim Kanakin, Eric Serrano, John Rusin, Bill Kazmaier, Ed Cohn, Victoria Felcar, Jim Windler, Mindy O'Brien. David Sandler, Matt Nickel, 
Rick Collins, the steroid lawyer. That'd be a fun one. Um, Dave Buckberger, Justin Cavanaugh, Brian Carroll, Robert Silverman, Jail Holdsworth, Douglas Heal, Mike Israetel, Jordan Noon, Paul Gang, Jordan Shallow, Kelly Armstrong, Jeremy German, Danny Camartina, I don't know how to spell this name, Eon, E-O-I-N, Lacey, Matt Winning, Joe DeFranco, and Shiva Leachman. So, nice run of presenters. The only problem I ever see with shit like this is uh, it never fails. Like, I'm going to want to see, let's say, Ed Cohn talk, and I'm going to want to see Jim Wendler talk, and they're both talking at the same damn time. <laughs> in different rooms. But uh as far as I know they webcast us now cuz I'm a member of there. You can go on Swiss and pay like $8 a month and it gives you any talk ever done at the Swiss. So that's kind of a good deal. And I went ahead and bought into that last year. Uh so you can go back and listen to any of these things. But should be a good time. Says the uh, the top bodybuilders, powerlifters, doctors, therapists, trainers, strength coaches, and nutritionists all present their best information. Um, you don't want to miss this. It'll make you a better athlete coach. More information in the full program will be available on the Swiss 2022 website when completed. This is a super early time to reserve your spot for 45% off. Confirmed presenters can be seen in product images. Many more to come. Lock in your hotel rates. I haven't even seen what that is. I'm sure it ain't cheap, though, because it's at the Hilton. So you're looking at $300 to get in or $400 to get in at the super early bird price. And then if you want to stay at the venue, it is the lowest room is $189. So I will be staying in my super secret spot that I'm not going to announce on the news or on the radio show here because then everybody will call and book it up before me. And uh, it's a lot less than $189, but (laughs) (laughs) I stay out near Windler. I'll drive over. (laughs) That's what we do every time we go to Columbus for big events. Get get out of the city a little bit. Might check that out. We'll see. I'll, I'll let's get to this Vegas situation first. But exactly. See, see what's going on. But let me know. Like we'll probably sure. drive up. We'll see. I'll have to check gas prices versus air prices as it gets closer. <laughs> yeah. so we normally just hop in a car and caravan up. So rent one. I'll rent one. A big Yukon or something. But yeah. Um, should be a good time. I don't know what else is going on in the world. You got nationals coming up. Two athletes going to that. Got nationals coming up. We actually had uh, was a friend of mine. He's his athlete. Uh, just won her event at Youth Worlds, which is kind of a big deal for the U.S. Uh, Brian had a. I mean, I think they when they go compete, it's like Team Florida, but his team was uh, Vero Beach. Uh, so yeah, congrats to him and having a world champion. I actually forgot her name. I should pull that up. But 
So that's always fun, seeing your athletes sweep golds at Youth Worlds. It's kind of a fun deal. So congrats to him. Other than that, I think uh, in terms of weightlifting, there's nothing else going on besides that. Let's see. I know she was a 71 kilo lifter. And she snatched 90. Let's see what her snatch was. 71 kilo world champion. Mia or Maya. Doesn't have her last name. 92 kilos. Hit two PRs. 90 kilo snatch PR. 92 kilo snatch PR. Clean and jerk. 107. PR and a 110 PR for golds on both and gold overall. So. Sweet. I don't uh, even know where Youth Worlds is right now. <laughs> How are you? Hmm. Uh, My, Mia Rhodes. Rhodes. I've been just caught up in, I don't know, man. I'm following football like never before, even in the off season. <laughs> and I'm Jones, and I'm Jones from football to start back up. But yeah, I have a question. This is not related to, uh, I guess, strength training today. But what do you think about the uh, in college college sports? What do you think about like the transfer portal? Man, it's good and bad. Uh, and it depends on the sport. Like you're seeing it in basketball, kind of in a negative way. But you're talking. What's What's the good? What's the good that you the see good the transfer portal? Yeah. The good I'm seeing is like for football, because you have teams of like 200 kids, and yep. schools like Alabama and Ohio get like they get all the top 10 recruits. So you end up with these teams that have like. They have 47 people that could be starters on other teams that are sitting on the bench because they're waiting behind the other guys. So um, the good part is they have now have a chance to go to some other school and actually start and get some time on the field. Um, because, like I said, you're going to have – there's tons of kids on those teams that, that – like they would be a starter anywhere else. The only reason they're on the bench is because they're in fucking Alabama and they have 50 other top 10 recruits in front of them. So, um, so that's a good one. I mean, the only thing you mix that with the new, uh, NIL stuff. Yeah. The cash and you see kids bouncing, man. And, uh, but I mean, we can't be blind. And like the only reason Alabama was pissed about that NIL stuff is because they've been doing it for years <laughs> and now the playing yeah, field yeah. just got leveled, you know? So. I don't know if you saw the big fight with Deion Sanders because he ended up got, getting the top recruit. Yeah, Deion. So he said something about Deion and the Texas A&M coach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, yeah, I I honestly thought less. I think less of Nick Saban because he did that. Yes. Like acting like his program has been the pure, yeah. you know, just like, oh, we're just, we're just a good Christian program. Yeah. And you just, like, no, nah, man, come on. Like, yeah. Our top guys so, all drive new Cadillacs. Yeah. You know, those like, were donated. You know? Yeah. So, you know, they're getting paid. So, oh, yes. And just 
he didn't even have to say anything. Like he's just be quiet. Like, yes. I I honestly I have no I hate the train like the NIL I'm fine with is the yeah. transfer portal and I don't like it's not it's unfair to try and fix it I think yeah like honestly like just to try anything you would try to do to fix it would would screw the athletes over but I just agree the idea that those big programs all they don't even have to recruit anymore they just nope. wait to play whoever they play and they're like oh we'll just recruit off of your team. Exactly. That's the problem with it. And like I said, and that's worse in, in smaller sports like basketball. I don't know. You got, you know, a team might have 15 kids. Um, so you don't have a back, you don't have four backups for every backup. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Of people waiting in the background. But, uh, so. somebody hurts in soft, like women's sports, like it hurts yeah. in soft, like softball. It yeah. hurts a lot of programs and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, I don't know. But also, the my thing with it is the players getting paid, one thing. But so part of the college sport experience is that you watch those players kind of grow and get a part of the whole thing. Yes. So if you can just jump to different teams, like, is is there not something lost in the college athletic experience? It's just like pro sports again. Yes. So it's not like you see a player grow from – freshman year to senior year or whatever, like see them grow as a player with that team and with that school culture, like, cause mm-hmm. your school has a culture, your, you know, your team has a culture, all that stuff. So I think that part is, is just, is something lost in it. It kind of makes me less interested in college sports than I, I'm normally more interested in college sports than yeah. pro sports. Yeah. It definitely Not turns it more like sports. pro. Cause there's yeah. no, I mean, look at the NFL. There's no, like the chances of your star staying with the team for the career is is gone. You know that just doesn't happen anymore. Hell, you're even seeing that with like I mean, even Tom Brady. You know he was with the Patriots forever, and then you know they're done with him at 42 years old or whatever, and he moves on. And he's still good, but he's somewhere else. You just don't see teams. You don't see people start with a team and retire with a team anymore. Um, I mean, the only team that participate like normally participate participated in that was the chiefs where we would yeah. pay anyone just because they were a name and we love them. So, yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, there's been bad in that, yeah. but even then it's like pro yeah. stuff is fine. It just, when you see it at the college level, like, uh, I want to say it was basketball kind of getting towards the final four. And mm-hmm. there was a player. And one thing they talked about is like, this dude was a starter on like a couple of the different elite eight teams. Yeah. And you're like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, oh, North Carolina, he was playing in North Carolina, then KU, then, you know, Miami or whatever. Like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. And then how do you develop as a player if you just drop into new systems all the time? Yeah. But then again, like I said, I can see from first-hand experience with one of my kids, you know, he went to uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, and they promised him playing time. He didn't get it. Um, but then this year, this would have been his sophomore year. He was the second backup at running back. Both dudes got hurt. He came in a few games into the season, ends up crushing it. And then he also crushes at their bowl game and they win the bowl game. He gets MVP of the bowl game. Um, and they tell him right after the game that, you know, he's talking about staying there and they're like, yeah, that's fine. You can stay, but you're going back to the third string. 
because these guys will be back. And it's like, come on, dude. I just fucking helped you guys get to a bowl game. I was the MVP of the bowl game. So what did he do? He got in the transportal and he's going somewhere he can get playing time. Yeah. You can't blame a situation like that on the kids. Like they want to. Not at all. And you that, ain't that, making it to the game. You ain't making it to the big game unless you got playing time. You know, and eyes on you. <laughs> so. if, if anything, I would say, cause it holds, it holds coaching staffs accountable. That's like, if I had a positive, it would be that. Yeah. It's like, so all that, you know, used to be like you've lied to a kid, told him he's amazing, you know, the best kid ever, and he's going to start and we're going to need yeah. you and all of the da 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 da. And then you go there and you're trapped in that situation. Yes. And then if you want to transfer out, well, you've got to burn a whole year of, you know. So that that part, you know, I, I'm with that. I just thought, like, just even the idea, though, of, sports in general like having it be a little bit different at the college level is i thought used to be a good thing is the transfer portal stuff makes it and i like i said i don't have any fix of it. i was just curious what you thought yeah with all the players jumping around yeah it's tough i mean like like we talked about it's just good and there's good parts and bad parts yeah. and we'll have to see it play out see you know if one outweighs the other yeah. but and then with the you know, like the players getting pay, I'm all for that because the universities have been killing it for years. So yeah. um, they use them on advertisements and everything else to to rake in the cash. So I don't mind the kids getting paid, but so not at all. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how all these little schools stack up now because you got to expect like teams like Alabama and Ohio State and stuff. They're still gonna have. They're going to have more cash to throw around. You know, yeah. they have more donors. So it's still going to come down to big schools like Dion at his little school. It, he's just not going to have the cash. You know, I don't see Elon Musk p- ponying up the table for his little school and putting up a billion dollars for them to just spend <laughs> on stuff. You know, but you get into some of those big schools and <clears throat> you, know, you got Alabama that's, that's not only has a great football program, but has put out a hundred thousand you know, kids in in other fields that are now millionaires that want to support their program. So, one good thing I thought about because with all that stuff is like instead of going to the, it pushes back people going pro early a little bit. Yes. Yeah, it does. Because I think I mean to be honest, if I had to be a a millionaire amongst millionaires or a millionaire amongst college players, like yeah. a millionaire at college, yeah, I mean. I, honestly, I imagine being a millionaire in college. Yeah, I know. And just going and doing all the chicanery right then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be, yeah. that'd be much better than going. It's like, yeah, you're a millionaire when you go to the NBA or NFL or whatever, but you just got to basically eat shit for, you know, however long until you develop and you're bottom of the totem pole kind of thing or extra pressures, but wouldn't it be better to be the man on campus? Mm. I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know about that. Yeah, what I'm I'm looking it up now, because what I'm interested in seeing is, like, in the NFL, it's, there's a set rate that players make. So what they've done, the, the their players' association 
has over the years, they've negotiated prices that are set in stone for draft picks. Like, number one draft pick gets this much. So, I mean, basically, you know, when you're draft class, you know exactly what they're going to be paid. There's no going in and, like, uh, okay, now they have to get an agent and fucking negotiate a contract or whatnot. It's just set. Like, yeah. top ten, top ten lottery is more, like, top ten players. Yeah. They get more money and then yeah. it goes down as the picks go on. Yeah. Like, Trevor Lawrence got, Thirty-six point nine million over a three-year contract, and then the guy below that gets thirty-five point two, and the guy below that gets thirty-three point four, or whatever. Um, what's going to be interesting is with now college players getting paid. I'm wondering how long it's going to be before you have a college player getting paid more than they would on their rookie contract in college. This happening now, easy. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think it was. Yeah, so I mean, and a lot of this money is like kind of undisclosed. Like you don't necessarily know what these kids are taking in. But yeah. if you play for the ESPN teams, like teams that play on ESPN, like the SEC stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I bet you because it's it's like the Wild West. There's not even any rules to it. Like yeah, the NFL, there's no like, like cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's in the NFL, you have it's like revenue sharing basically. So you have a piece of whatever the revenue is. Yes. And it's spread amongst players. But in college, it's like whatever, you know, it's almost a test of like how successful were your graduates. Yes. Because it's a test of how much money does each alumni have to. The pass you know, out. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Build yeah. out a great team. Because USC, USC is about to get crazy because they have all kinds of. Yeah. I mean, hell, you might even see crazy-ass teams. Like, Ivy League schools generally haven't done that great in sports. And they're going to come back? You're going to come <laughs> back strong. <laughs> you know, you're going to have Harvard coming up hard. <laughs> so, because they got all this money to pass out. So, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But, yeah, that'll be it. But, I mean, like I said, worst-case scenario, hell, maybe it has these kids stay in for their full four years or five years with a red shirt and actually leave with a degree, you know, and lots of money. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The only pushback for getting paid, and I'll just kind of segue this to strength and conditioning stuff. So the pushback to getting, like, college players getting paid was like, it's going to ruin the game, right? Like, it's, it, you know, you watch pro athletes and they talk about, like, motivation mm-hmm. and, like, getting paid. Mm-hmm. Do you think, because this is probably in the time time that I've been in strength in the strength world. This is the time of like the most money is getting kind of thrown around. Yeah. Mostly because of, like social media advertising, like social being able to advertise on social media has opened that up. Do you think that sports have like strength sports have moved forward, or do you think they have moved backwards because of all the money kind of windfalling into the situation? Mm. I, uh, both I mean I think I don't know I think a lot there's a lot more people doing it I think the level of competition is much lower uh, than it was before you're seeing people start the sport that just wouldn't have before which is I mean that can be good it can be bad um, yeah. 
So it depends on how you look at it. Uh, like I said, I kind of, I like like where powerlifting and, and weightlifting have gone um, from a coach's aspect because you're seeing more popularity in the sports, so there's more uh, opportunity and things like that. But at the same time, the people doing it, it's like, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> like, I always tell people, like, just go in and do it, powerlifting me. Just do it. But now it's like everybody's done that, and it's like, well, maybe hold off until you've, you know, lifted for a year. Uh, but I don't know. It's 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 good and bad, but. Where there's money, there's always problems. And, like, we've seen it at meets where – I'm not going to say any names. I've been to numerous meets where uh, you can see money and they want the money to go a certain way and the judges want the money to go a certain way and you see, you know, weird calls and things like that to assure the money goes to the person they want it to go to and – uh and things like that. Money causes corruption at the same time. Money causes growth, but uh, money can be abused. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the the bad part about it. Yeah, we'll the see. corruption aspects. I, in terms of, I mean, weightlifting is a little bit different than like. So, weightlifting, you're unlikely to get any prize money. Yeah, but you get money from either sponsorships or because it's an international thing, you can get stipends. Yeah. Which couldn't be considered necessarily profit, but, you know, whatever. But I I think it makes – the part that I dislike, anyway, is that it makes teams top-heavy, and it yeah. kind of messes up the original culture of learning. Like, the initial culture of learning in strength sports was – like used to be a real strength, right? There wasn't the I've called it that before the glam like the glamour aspect of strength sports. Yeah. Where it's like the only way you, you learned was just like you had to go to I mean, I guess in my case is like you know, some sweaty garage, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there's there's something to be said about the effort you invest, like how much effort you invest to learn a subject yeah. is like you know that's where you get a lot of the return. So walking into a facility that is like, you know, fully stocked, like fully stocked out of the gate. And there's something lost in that culture like that I can't necessarily put my finger on. There's something lost in that transition. It's like when you had CrossFit gyms, like the best CrossFit people kind of started in the garage, like mm -hmm. almost not wanting to coach, just being like, hey, I do this. Yeah. And they were like, oh, okay. And then powerlifting had survived in garages for a long time. Weightlifting had survived in garages and basements for a long time. And there's something to be said about that experience that I think is, is lost there, where you get people who join the sport, you know, with the outcome or the glamour first. And I know people now that lift. It's like the joy of lifting is gone, but they're just, yes. you know, it's pretty much their job now. They like they can't figure out how to get out. Like it's a trap. So it you know, something's yeah. lost with that person. Yeah, but and a lot of that has to do with social media lifting too. Oh yeah, uh, sure. Because you see, I mean, hell, people will pick up. <laughs> you see teams built around the best social media lifter, not the best lifter. You know, yeah. 
this one's this person's popular not because they win because they have a big following so uh things like that but no i agree i mean the uh There was something clean and something nice about the old, the old days when, like you said, you just came up through. Like powerlifting was only done in like, like places like Louis, you know, yeah. deep, dark, nasty, dungeonous places. And now, so didn't uh, Louis? So Louis was like he went to a place, and he had he had like the regular. Gym, if I remember right, on the documentary or whatever, where it's like mm-hmm. he had the regular gym, then he had the back room where it's like, yeah, they would like beat you up if you went into the. <laughs> yeah, well, and they also like blacked out all the windows and like so nobody can see in and things like that. It wasn't like it was very still hidden. And all right, so yeah, I think yeah. you lose something in the culture side of it with the the kind of glamour aspect. I I, I think it's kind of tough in women's sports too, like. And I know uh, it's not her name anymore because I think she's going to a divorce. But uh, Kate, I think it's Vebert now, so don't get me wrong on that. But uh, Kate and I, yeah. where her best opportunity was to go up, like put what you know, go up weight class. Um, and then that's tough because all of your, as a woman, like your your attractiveness is a part of the factoring in of what you get you know what i mean yes yes and so it makes that decision tough tougher and weirder in a way because it's like what's the priority here yes is it to keep and amass a bunch of followers or you know whatever or actually get medals yeah, yeah. exactly so like could you imagine louie fucking picking out the person that had the biggest social media following instead of the biggest worker <laughs> yeah. no <laughs> not happening <laughs> exactly you know so, and how many uh, teams have we heard that about with not not only weightlifting? Like if you go to those European training bases, a lot of them are just it's it's a ton of regular shit in the gym, like bar bumpers, nothing crazy, yeah. like nothing technologically crazy. Like they might have like a sauna and stuff like that, but it's also out of the way. Like they, yes. it's off the beaten path. It's like the idea is to focus. You know, and the training is the focus, not like, you know, I don't know, living a certain glamour strength lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I do think some, something's kind of lost. It's hard to put my finger on like exactly what it is, but I, I think there should be, particularly in physique, strength, anything, there should be kind of a, the road should be rocky to start out, and people should fall off the wagon early. And the people who like kind of get through that, then I think that's like where the bigger, better facilities kind of come into play. Maybe. Yeah, you're on your way up yeah. to that, but well, I mean, look at the like. It used to mean something to get invited to the Olympic training hall. You know, people yeah. earned their way up there, you know, <laughs> and now that's just gone. But and say say what you will about that, good or bad. I mean, there were there were bad things definitely about like earning your way to the Olympic uh, training hall for weightlifting. But so yeah, I don't know. That's tough. 
it's tough measuring. It's like I you mean, start honestly, sounding like an old curmudgeon. Like, oh, yeah. back in my day. You know, so it's hard. <laughs> because, like you said, it's hard to put your finger on exactly what it is. But, uh, you know, for years in strength sports, like, it's changed dramatically in our generation. Like, the time before us, before social media and things, like, weightlifting and powerlifting and all the strength sports were even like throwing and track and field. It was like the, the ugly little sister to, to all the other sports and the people that were in it were, uh, due to that, like they weren't in it for the fame, really. They were in it because they loved the sport. Like that was the only reason to be in powerlifting, weightlifting, track and field, heavy events and things like that is just, it was purely for the love of the sport before this new, uh, like, Celebrity status of Lifter came came about. So, yeah, I agree. But yeah, I don't know. It's that's a tough one. I, I will say it makes in weightlifting it makes the kind of big social media following teams like it makes teams kind of top heavy. Almost the same thing as happens in college. It's like the teams are the biggest. Social media following, it's not necessarily the, the highest quality coaching or whatever, but it's like, oh, that's the best. Hearing an athlete say, which I've had this happen, is like hearing an athlete say that's not the best for my brand in weightlifting was like so weird. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay, but we were just lit the biggest event, our Super Bowl, the biggest event was in a skating rink. So... <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about the brand for yeah. but, but hearing that and just like oh man yeah. and local clubs kind of struggling with like having to compete with that where it's like a lot of times I mean, there's a clubs that I've heard not heard of there's certain clubs I know of that it like it's like a teacher who just enjoys weightlifting and teaches it after school kind of thing yeah, and is a great coach and all that, and builds lifters up, and then they're like, "Oh no, I'm going to, you know, whatever the team is, Juggernaut or Mash yeah. or whoever." Yeah, and then something gets lost there because I mean, the, a lot of the best lifters in any of these sports, you look at their athlete coaching history, and it's like a lot of times they've been with these coaches for ten plus fifteen years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like the longer you are with your coach is like that is the better because they know you. There's no transition period to, you know, in some cases it, it is better. I'll, I'll grant that, but yeah. Yeah. That's well, it takes a long time to learn. It takes a long time for a coach and an athlete to learn each other and to fit like the first year you're just learning the system. You know? yeah. Uh, so yeah, there is a a part of that, and I mean that's like any coaching. That's like why most people I know require uh, for coaching require a minimum of three months. Like you're not going to learn shit and or get anything and under that. Like that's the bare minimum. So to just see progress with somebody, like it takes a while to to learn them and. Like every athlete is, we're all humans, but every athlete responds in a different way, mentally and physically, to stimulus. And it takes time to, to learn that and what's best for each lifter. And 
Yeah. So. And I don't know. Uh, there's it's it's added distraction. All the all that stuff. You know, yeah. the the Instagram and the money and things like that. It's an added distraction aside from let's just put up totals. <laughs> let's just worry about our totals going up. And hell, I'd make an argument that like the the fact that there's like now you know Kansas State records, fucking Johnson County records, fucking all these records water down the sport too. Uh, it used to be like everybody was just shooting for world records. It's all that mattered. So everybody's aiming for that. And now you have all these little meaningless awards and records. And it, 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 people start concentrating on those way too much, in my opinion. Like I've, I don't know how many state records I've broken, but I never give a shit. You know, the only thing <laughs> I'm ever looking at is, uh, what's the all-time world record? Is it 275 or in powerlifting? That's my goal. Like, and you just, have I ever hit it? Nope. But that's what I'm shooting for, and I don't care about anything else. And and if you talk to most lifters uh, back in the day and even real serious lifters now, that's all they're concentrated on. And that's that's where your mind needs to be if you want to be good. You know, your mind needs to be on just world record. That's it. That's all I'm looking for. World records and world titles. You know, once you start watering that down and accepting something lower than that as your goal, you're limiting your own progress. Like, aim high. I love lofty goals for people. I love goals that are, like, there's a good chance you won't fucking make it type of <laughs> goals. But when you aim for those... Like, if I decided tomorrow that I'm going to be a billionaire, I'm going to do whatever it takes to fucking get more money than Elon Musk. I'm probably not going to get there. But if I set my mind on that and I my path heads that direction, I'm probably going to have a lot of millions. You know, I'll probably never yeah. beat him. But And that's the same shit happens. You see a kid, a person aim for, like, I want to be the next person. I want to deadlift, you know, 1,003 kilos. They probably won't ever make it. Because it takes a very special person to get there, but who knows? Maybe they hit, you know, uh, maybe they hit nine hundred pounds. You know, whatever. You're going to make it a long ways just by trying to go for that lofty ass goal. So, and that's that's lost and watered down when when it's more important to to get that state record or a thousand likes on Instagram. Like <laughs> your measuring pole sucks, man. Like the the thing that people are measuring success on now is, is watered down and kind of shitty, in my opinion. So, but I agree with that. So, um, I don't know. We had the uh, couple of my lifters were in their first meet this last weekend too. So we'll give a shout out to that. Uh, Sean and Gabby. Sean did well. He hit. He went twelve for twelve. So he hit. He got fourth attempts on everything. Because he was breaking uh, state records, but uh, and it was his first meet, and I just told him to go in, and you know he he was kind of upset because he's like, I, I know I left weight on the table. I was like, well, dude, for a first meet, like twelve for twelve is like perfect. You you couldn't come out of a meet more confident. You just went in there and hit one more lift in every lift than you normally would get. Like you only only get three three attempts. So I was like, now. Don't, don't expect that every meet. I'm not a big. I I generally am not a big nine for nine person. 
Right. Uh, I don't care if you go nine for nine. Generally, if you go nine for nine in powerlifting, it just means you didn't try hard enough. Um, if those last lifts weren't like there's some poop coming out the back end type of lift, <laughs> then, then uh, you left weight on the table. Um, but, uh, you know, now his next meet, we can, you know, basically he'll be seconds will be above his fourths. So in the next meet. And then Gabby qualified for nationals in her first meet. So, uh, but at the same meet, we had a, there was a 19 year old kid. And what was his name? I don't want to mess it up here. Drug tested Matt Hurley. Um, no, Max Schetter, Schetter, S-E-H-T-H-A-R, uh, 19-year-old kid, he was at the meet, he got a 2,000-pound sleeve total, um, but he came the first kid to, he broke the record in heaviest deadlift in competition by somebody 19 years old or under, he deadlifted 804.7 pounds. So, strong freaking kid. I was just watching the video. Yeah, and it was a drug tested, drug tested meat, so potentially pissed in a cup, but he's a big, hairy 19 year old man. He's built like a man. But, uh. Yeah, it looks like he's got a, he's got a mustache and a mullet. Yeah, exactly. Mustache and a mullet going on. So he's, he's working that. And, uh. No, good to see things like that. But now, what I'll be interested in seeing is. What Max is doing five years from now, you know, yeah. used to see, like we said, we've seen, we see a lot of these people coming strong early and then they're just done. Uh, I hope that's not the case here. Um, hopefully five years from now, Max is pulling a thousand pounds and you know, we see a nice long career out of them, but like, like back in the old days. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. That's about all I got today. So, yeah. The World Cup coming to Kansas City. In Not really. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's not a thing going on. And here it's kind of, this is like, even sports-wise, I know, I don't feel like the strength, the strength and conditioning world is not well populated with basketball fans, so. I'm sure, yeah. the NBA final stuff was no big deal, but I mean, Steph Curry got what his fourth ring. Yeah, yeah. fourth ring and first MVP, Finals MVP. So first Finals MVP. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, watched most of the games, but it always in this case it's like you hear guys like without championships. Talk about how hard it is to get in the right situation to win a championship and like how hard it is to win a championship. So I always think about the guys who've won just multiple, like it's an expectation for them to win championships. Yeah. And like how would you get into that? Cause people still criticize Steph Curry, you know? Like mm-hmm. they're, oh yeah. This or that or whatever. But. Same thing with like Michael Jordan, you know, Michael Jordan, six, six and oh in the finals. Mm-hmm. And then LeBron comes along and they're like, Oh, he's got to be the next one. And then you start, you start trying to knock down Michael Jordan's, you know, greatness to bolster LeBron, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. But just like how hard, just listening to anyone talk about how hard it is to win a championship and to watch people do it 
multiple times to make it kind of seem like it's easy for them. Yeah, it's like yeah. just what they're supposed to do. Yeah. I'm always impressed by those, you know, the Tom Brady's and people like that. Yeah, and the fans are horrible. Like yeah. you look at <laughs> you look at fucking Chiefs fans now. Like we sucked ass my whole life, and now, like people are pissed they didn't win the Super Bowl last year. It's like we went to the goddamn AFC. Ch- we're, we're fucking. You're so spoiled. You expect the Super Bowl every year. You know that shit's hard. <laughs> be happy be fucking happy we made it to the AFC championship game like they, they're not going every year you can't be pissed when they don't fucking win the Super Bowl like be you know it'd be awesome if they did but holy shit yeah they're like the amount of pressure those guys have on them and the people that are great like the Jordans and the Currys and things like that they can put up with that pressure and like you said live like that's where I belong uh, it's no big deal, but yeah, and that's I mean, what's good. Like Steph on this one, he broke down in fucking tears, and people are like, "Why is he crying?" It's just, it's not like it's his first time, dude. That's still a big fucking accomplishment. Yeah, <laughs> let the man yeah. have it in it. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on with with that. Like you know, somebody who's coming back from two what could end used to be able to end careers injuries. Like Clay had. Torres ACL came back, well, started coming back, and then Torres Achilles. Yeah. And, like, just that, like, performing at a high level. Let's say performing at a high level for a decade. You know, we talk about yeah. Brian Shaw. Yeah. And being, a, you know, the best of the best for a 10-year span. Yeah. To where we expect you to be on that. Like, we talked about Brian Shaw, and we were like, oh, he wasn't on the podium. but Yeah. Being a top ten strongman, like those events are hard. Like that shit yes. is hard. That's you do it every yeah. year. Just just getting into the finals is at a fucking accomplishment for that long. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's easy for fans. It's easy for people outside the sports of any sport to like just expect you to do that. And well, you're just supposed to be there. Why aren't you on the podium, loser? Yeah, fuck you. You can't get your ass off the couch, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my, my hat goes off to anybody that steps in the ring to anything. Um, just put yourself out there. And then if you win, fucking even more amazing. And like, like with Curry, people were giving him shit for crying. It's like, come on, dude. He just fucking, like, it's the end of a long ass season and he made it. And yeah, it's his fourth one, but it's fuck. There's something cool about that that it still means something to him. You know, it still means enough to make a grown ass man break into tears. You know, winning his fourth, helping win his fourth finals in a team sport. So, but yeah. So. All right, guys, we're gonna let you get out of here. I'm gonna go lift some things. Everybody have a happy Father's Day. Uh, if you can make it out. Come to the Swiss conference. I'll be out there running around. Drell might be out there. I got several people coming with me. Um, Windler's talking. Dave's talking. Should be a good time. So, Mr. Cone will be there. So, until next week. Later. Later.